Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we've got a great show today because we're going to welcome on a tarot card reader. Linda, isn't that exciting? Yeah, well, you know I always love that stuff, so I'm anxious to hear how she kind of transferred careers from something that was, you know, PR and and journalistic and into that, so that's always an interesting story to hear why that happened. Isn't it, though? You know, you think, like, I think of, you know, the show we did with, with uh, was it uh, Gail Minogue, the numerologist, and how she was, you know, a Wall Street mucky muck and then became a numerologist, which I just think is fascinating. Yeah, well, you know, I think, you know, something must hit you in your life when you realize that um, there's something more to it, and um, I'm going to follow my passion rather than... What what's expected of me? I was listening to Wayne Dyer last night. He's uh, he was on um, our channel thirteen, which is public, you know, public television. And he, you know, I love watching him. He's fabulous. So he had a whole new uh, seminar series on with that. And um, you know, he just he he just communicates uh, all of that so well. You know, I, I'm not real familiar with his work. You know, what does he, when you say he communicates, what, does he, what did you get out of it? Well, he's been doing it for, you know, 40, <laughs> 40 years. It's just about what's important, how to tap into what's important. You know, it's really the spiritual part of, of, of your being, uh, which is, in my estimation, the most important part of your being. And, um, you know, he's written like 28 books, and, and he's just a great communicator of how to, uh, you know, kind of be at peace with yourself and, and be on the right track, I guess the soul track. Well, and that's such an important thing, you know, the soul track, because when we start out in life, you know, we're taught so much to go, oh, well, you know, what is important to you and what are you good at and, you know, what do you want to do? And and I think, you know, it's it's really hard these days. There's a lot of pressure to to be what people want you to be. And maybe there always has been. I don't know. Well, I think, you know, probably the biggest pressure is uh, the pressure that you have with your own ego. Because the you know the ego gets in the way all the time, and um, it wants what it wants, but it isn't necessarily what you need. Um, and he was giving an, a little example last night on television. He had written uh, I, maybe it was in the early days. Uh, he had written a book, and the book was on the uh, Time New York Times bestseller list, which most of his books are. And so he was out of town, I guess, doing a tour or something, and he called up his wife, and he had looked, and he, and, and she, he said, am I, you know, um, I didn't 
is the book on is the is am I you know I didn't see it am I on the New York Times bestseller list this week and she said um no you're not on the bestseller uh, bestseller list this week your book is on the bestseller <laughs> list this week and that you know that kind of you know put him in check it's things like that that say okay yeah it's not me it's what I wrote so you know get off your high horse Oh, I love that. I love that. Speaking of high horses, did you watch the Oscars this weekend? I did watch the Oscars. Oh, I, you know, I kind of switch off. I, I like the red carpet thing, and I, and I wanted to hear Ellen. And then I was, you know, switching back and forth because, some, you know, a lot of it gets very boring. But you know, and it you does see, get boring. And you see so much of it afterwards anyway and all the, all the shows that, you know, give you the highlights. So um, I fell asleep before... Um, you know, best actor and best picture and all of that. But, you know, it was kind of predictable this year. It was very predictable this year. And I thought it was kind of um, uninspiring and uninteresting. There wasn't any really big story that I was going to... Yeah, I didn't even watch it this year. Well, you know, it's interesting to watch. I like the red carpet to see how everybody looks. And then, you know, there's always, you know... The ones that look gorgeous always look gorgeous. And they're, you know, they come... They're just, you know... the, the I guess anybody could look gorgeous if you had the attention that they had a week or two or a month before between all the face stuff that they do and then the perfect dresses and the jewelry and the hair. I mean, everybody looked pretty, pretty beautiful. But then there was a couple that didn't, and those are the ones that, you know, Liza Minnelli was, you know, (laughs) I think Ellen sort of intimated in her monologue that she looked more like a a Liza Minnelli drag queen impersonator. Which Ellen got, which she got criticized for, um, and then uh, Matthew McConaughey, who I absolutely love, came to present an award, and he came out with Kim Novak. Do you remember Kim Novak? Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it was hard to recognize her because she's—I think she's 81 now, but she's had some really, really bad stuff done on her face, and it's kind of sad, but. It's it's um, you know it's understandable because she was she was so beautiful and I guess she did everything just on her looks so when that fades away that you know you do every and that's all you know you want to get it back but you do irreparable damage because it, you end up looking really really scary. Yeah, well you know that's how I feel every time I see Goldie Hawn or Sylvester Stallone. You know. They just looked like they were melted into rubber and somebody, you know, glued their face back on. And I enjoy both of them as performers. But, you know, when you see them, even when they're photographed, they look awful. You see them in person, which I've seen in L.A. a couple times. You know, it just made me feel sad because, you know, these are beloved, you know, actors and archetypes of our time. And they just, you know, they look like they went through a horror movie. <laughs> yes, that's why we always say it's really important which, which if you're going to do something that you you pick the right doctor to do it because otherwise um they can really do a really bad number on your face and once it's done you you really can't fix it. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know, and I and I can you know, and it's awful for us to sit here and dish on the air, you know, about these celebrities. You know, there's there's just so much unbelievable pressure, you know, and I would watch them. I, you know, I know a fair amount of A-list celebrities myself, and I I actually, you know, would feel bad for them, you know, like when their kids couldn't trick-or-treat without, you know, being molested or their, you know, photographers were at every turn. And, 
But, you know, when you get ready for the Oscars, I thought this year the, the fashions were boring. You know, everybody seemed to be really conservative. Even Lady Gaga, I was so excited to see what she was going to wear. And, you know, she looked nice. But there wasn't any fun this year. You know, I thought everybody was kind of conservative and elegant, and that was very nice for a cocktail party. But this is Hollywood. I want to see some fun stuff. Well, you know, this year it was back to old-fashioned glam, and, um, you know, some of the dresses were, were, were quite beautiful. But, you know, that's um, that's the Oscars. To be honest with you, I'm very glad they're over because we don't have to hear about it anymore. That's true. That's true. It does absolutely, you know, saturate uh, the markets out here. And it's funny because, you know, we had these tremendous rainstorms out here in yes. Southern California. And, you know, we had mudslides and, you know, it was just a mess. And, you know, all, even our own newscasters, all they were talking about is like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to their beautiful gown in the rain? And, you know, come on now. Yeah, people are forced out of their houses, but what's going to happen to the gowns? Believe me, that was so well protected between the tents and the this and the and the, everything. They, I think the red carpet was, was cared for more than a football field before a big game. You know, not, not a drop of water was going to hit that red carpet. That's right. I mean, it's like, and they're going to have fans to keep, you know, blowing anything, you know, to the side. And I mean, I've been to the Oscars a few times and it's, you know, it was exciting to see everybody, but, you know, it was really boring and you couldn't get up to go to the bathroom. I mean, they just, oh, that would be bad. That was bad. <laughs> well, when when you is it true that when you get up to go to the bathroom, you have to have someone to fill in your seat so there's no empty seats? Well, yeah, and what they did was they, they herded us like cattle. Now, granted, this was probably 15 years ago when I went, but, you know, the two times I was there, I, you know, I sat there, and then, you know, you know me, I like had like nine Diet Cokes before I go anywhere, and, you know. Oh, <laughs> that would be, that's bad. Yeah, and, you know, and finally, you know, I, you know they, they let everybody take a bathroom break on commercial, and, and you know, it was just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just... It's so funny, you know, we talk so much about authenticity, and here are these stars looking authentically beautiful, and I'm bored. So I guess I'm never going to be satisfied. No, it's a boring show. It really it really is, you know. But everybody, it's, you know, they, it gets so much hype, and I think people, I think people like me wa- tune in more to, to watch <laughs> what people are wearing rather than who's getting an award. So, yeah. again, but, it, you know, award season is over, and I guess we have to wait till September. Well, no, the Tonys are coming up, but the Tonys don't get, that's for Broadway. They don't get the, the hype. You know, they, it comes on, it's it's terrific, and, and then then we wait for the Emmys. But it, it's, um, I saw a couple of the movies. It's been so cold here that I don't even want to leave the house. It's like, it's like walking out into an icebox. It's just crazy. So over the weekend, on demand, I watched a couple of the movies. Um, I watched Blue Jasmine. Did you ever see that one? I haven't seen anything but SpongeBob for like eight years. Oh, okay. Do you have those special things? Could you have on demand on your television? Well, you you get such lousy reception out there. Oh, I know. You know, yes. Yeah, like I, yeah, I actually do have on demand, and it's so funny, Linda, because I have Amazon Video, I have Netflix Video, I have Satellite Dish. You know, what I don't have is the the energy at nine o'clock. The minute I sit down to watch a movie at night, I'm lights out. Yeah, well, that's usually me too. Especially if I if I'm in bed and and watching television, I call that my sleeping pill because it just <laughs> it puts me to sleep, which is not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it's certainly no, better than Ambien, right? That's right. The magic pill for me is if I put on a, a like one of those ocean documentaries with the breaching whales and the 
beautiful Alaska scenery. I'm out in like six minutes, and the kids are like, "Oh no, get the whale off the TV! Mom's gonna fall asleep." <laughs> <laughs> they know their mom. They do. Well, listen, I got to take us to commercial break. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are Powered Up Talk Radio. And when we come back from the break, we are going to welcome Robbie Ann McPherson. And she is an amazing lady who has this outstanding media credentials career, and she checked it all to become a solution oriented tarot card reader. So as always, we've brought something outstanding, something different, a little fun, so you're not going to want to miss it after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. What does reboot mean? Ever wonder why your connection to the world through your computer does not work as flawlessly as most of your ability to breathe? ISP Radio Network explains the why and how the Internet works. Learn the inside and secrets that your Internet provider may not be telling you or even want you to know. Gain the confidence to proclaim that you are no longer technically illiterate. You may call him a techno gearhead. Or network guru, but Stephen Grabeel, your host, is a person driven by a passion to serve people fast internet, as well as empowering internet users with simple skills to maintain their fast internet. This is ISP Radio Network, a place where internet service providers and the self-proclaimed technically challenged users of the internet meet weekly to share ideas of what makes the internet work or how to make the internet work better. Don't miss ISP Radio with your host, Stephen Grabeel, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Robbie McPherson today, and she is a... She, I just got to let her inter- introduce herself because what she does and what she has done uh, from the age of 40 is so amazing to me. Robbie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for letting everyone know that I am, in fact, over 40. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. 
this is you know forty something talk radio. But I do think it's amazing. I want you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your journey um, and how you came to where you are today. Uh, sure. I was born. No, I don't think we need to go back that far. Um, I'll uh, I'll condense it this much. I went into a career in public relations and uh, spent a little time in journalism, writing for a newspaper, spent a little time as a TV journalist as well, and uh, a little time as corporate PR person. Um, But my whole life, I've had this kind of uh, strange connection to stuff. And when I was a little kid, I just kind of thought that everybody... uh, interacted that way and everyone saw the world that way and everyone felt the things that I did. Um, so, you know, you get older and you realize, uh, that's not the case. And recently I've kind of taken a bit of a left turn. Um, when I was 40, I packed up my cat and my belongings from Los Angeles where I loved, uh, living and moved to Montana to be a TV reporter. I knew no one <laughs> at all. And uh, it was a pretty scary um, adventure. Although at the time, I was just concentrated on getting it done, you know, get the move done. So I did that. And uh, while I was in Montana, um, I had a lot of sort of revelations, you know, um, a lot of challenges. The experience was a very tough one in many ways and uh, rewarding and and all that, challenging in good ways, but um, it was very difficult also. And that kind of, you know, those things, when you face them, they really really make you reevaluate. And so I moved back home to Buffalo and sort of bounced around a little bit here with a couple of nine to five PR jobs and struck out on my own. Um, and this tarot thing, which I've been tinkering with since I was a teenager, it just kept knocking on my door and it, you know, I, I never put them away. I never stopped reading the cards, but, um, I never really made a business out of it, uh, so to speak or a service. Let's put it that way. And, uh, so I just kind of said, you know what? I'm not having a whole lot of luck here with the nine to five world. And I've been on a million interviews and nobody's hiring me. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what I can do with this. So, um, it's actually been a pretty cool experience. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. So that's kind of how I, how I got to be here in this chair, talking to you guys on your show right now. (laughs) In Buffalo. (laughs) Yeah, in 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 cold, snowy, miserable Buffalo. I can say that Sandra's from Buffalo, and I'm originally from Toronto. Oh, okay. So we're all we're all all of us gals are in you know in that in that same area, which is interesting. uh, Yeah, I Toronto is such a great city. I love love Toronto. I know. Well, when I was a kid in Toronto, we always used to go to Buffalo for the shopping. Uh, and I think now it's probably the other way around. They, they come to Toronto for the shopping. <laughs> yeah, we actually, it's funny. We do get a lot of Canadian shoppers that come over, especially to the outlet mall in Niagara Falls here. Yes. We have a, we have a designer outlet mall and, um, 
our attitude, you know, they, they, they do the thing where they take the tags off and change their clothes, you know, so they don't have to pay the Oh, that's right. In the duty. So they don't, they don't have customs. Right, right. And everyone here is sort of like, hey, you know what? If you want to come here and spend your money, come on down. That's <laughs> right. <happy> so that's <laughs> kind of how we get it. When you were reading your own cards, like you said, uh, since you were a teenager, um, did your car, and then you went to Montana, or you went to L.A., and then you went to Montana, did you see anything in the cards that indicated how that would um, turn out, or isn't that the purpose of the cards? Uh, you know, I, I did, um, and it's funny because... I, I usually tell people when I give a reading to to ask as narrow a question as possible because in my experience, the cards always tell you so much information. And so if you ask, you know, sort of a broad question, you just get tons of stuff and you're not really sure where it applies all the time. You can get impressions and, and everything, but um, sometimes it isn't quite clear. And um, I remember reading my cards about the Montana trip and I remember uh, turning up um, some pretty scary cards, but I also turned up some pretty powerful cards, you know, like aces that, that tell of a new beginning. And, um, and I remember uh, I got the death card a lot, which is, a card of just complete and utter, um, you know, rising from the ashes, so to speak. Um, and I remember I did get the tower too, which is probably the worst card in the deck that you can get, (laughs) but I, um, I did it anyway because, you know, you can't, you can't really live your life by, you know, in my opinion, it's never wise to say to the cards, what should I do? And then, make a decision solely based on what you see. You know, you have your own free will. You have to look at your own situation. And sometimes, you know, you are supposed to make that awful mistake. Sometimes you are supposed to go through that terrible thing. You know, we don't know why. We don't, we unfortunately can't uh, sit down and talk to God and (laughs) ask him what the heck he was thinking. But um, I found that, uh, very often when I look back at readings, there were things that I missed and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I should have caught that. And then there are other things that um, were just dead on, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very gray area. It's all very gray and very blurry. And, and I think it's important to approach it all that way from both sides. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be kind of mysterious. Well, what I like about the readings that I've had with you, Robbie, is even when there are, you know, challenges that come up, you know, like you've done a bunch of readings for me and and over the years, and, you know, sometimes you'll flag me that there's a challenge ahead, and it's interesting because when you do that and I face the challenge, I feel prepared for it, and I'm not caught unaware, and I want to ask you, you call yourself a solution-oriented tarot card reader. And that's really different than the fortune-telling woo-woo. And I know, you know, this is for entertainment purposes, but but what does that mean to be solution-oriented in your tarot card reading? Because I love <laughs> that. It's like a mixture of corporate and woo-woo. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed not to be woo-woo. I, I want to be woo-woo. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I think there are a lot of people out there, unfortunately, who are unscrupulous and who know how to sort of read people's clues, you know, their faces, body language. You know, the people that sit with you and say, is there... Marvin? Is there a Martin? Is there a Margaret? Is there, um, uh, you know, and they just keep on going until you go, oh yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of people out there that prey on, um, the type of people that come to a psychic or a tarot card reader or, or whatever it might be. Uh, cause usually people are seeking an answer to something and the way that I approach it, um, I like to, I like to be sort of a vessel, you know, um, whatever powers are out there, whatever you believe in, I think you bring with you when you sit down for a reading. So, you know, if you sit down across from me and you're a Christian or you're a Jew or you're a Muslim or whatever it is, you're bringing your own spirituality into the reading. And, um, I think that's very important. So whatever I can do to be a vessel to help you find a solution to something. Um, I don't know where the impressions come from that I get. I know that I can look at the cards and say, this card means this, this card means that. Um, I have no explanation for it. I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a beautiful mystery to me. Um, but I, I definitely believe that there is some kind of energy or presence um, that's out there. And somehow I'm able to tap into it and interpret um, a solution for a dilemma. You know, if someone, uh, if someone comes, sometimes people sit down and they say, oh, you know, I just want to know, I don't get along with this lady at work. And I just want to know like what's going on with her. And so I lay the cards out and I'm looking at the cards and I'm like, this is not about a lady at work. You know, this woman is, is, trapped in a loveless marriage and we need to figure this out. And, uh, and that's always tricky too, is, you know, what do you bring up? What do you, what do you broach? Some people will deny things. Some people don't want to talk about things. So, um, uh, however I can help someone to find a solution to whatever it is that they're, they're seeking, um, you know, give them insight I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a fortune teller. I don't really, I don't really uh, play in the stock and trade of, of, you know, here's what's coming up. Like you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger or something like that. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely try to examine the problem and uh, see what impressions I get and in any way that I can possibly help. That's my goal. I think that's terrific. Uh, I'd like to hear more about solution-oriented tarot card reading when we come back from the break. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin. And when we come back from the break, we're going to find out what brave thing Robbie has done recently with respect to her business that's going to inspire us and others to be our best. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is Awesome. 
Get ready for Wise Up Radio, leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence and how to create your life as a living legacy where the legacy you leave is the life you live. As thought leaders, you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change. For more on Donna, check out her website, GameChangerThinking.com. Then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on Wise Up Radio with Donna Kimbrand, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Spirituality and wealth, are you keeping them separate? On the Spiritual and Wealthy Show, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, Deborah Atian Wilson, known as the Intuitive Spiritual and Wealth Coach, enjoys kicking the old mindset to the curb that life needs to be spiritual or wealthy, when you can actually be both. Listen to the only spiritual and wealthy show for Deborah's playful, practical bottom line, cutting-edge wisdom to help you create the life you want and the life that you deserve. What does prosperity mean to you? How do you feel about being wealthy? Deborah's spiritual and wealthy show is about thinking and feeling differently about prosperity and wealth and how they are one. By being more playful about the ideas of spirituality and wealth and not taking ourselves so seriously. The Spiritual and Wealthy Show will support you through Deborah Atian Wilson's raw, authentic and tell it like it is trademark radio style. Heard every Wednesday here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And our guest today is Robbie Ann McPherson. She is a tarot card reader, and she has left her career for um, uh, um, as, a, as a news reporter and became a tarot card reader. And Robbie, I want to ask you a little bit about finding your place in the world. I know you have helped me a lot with your readings to help me find my place. How did you find your place in the world? Oh, my gosh, by making a thousand wrong turns. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I just have made so many left turns and... I, I was always following my instincts and I was always following what I thought was a calling or, you know, I never really uh, did anything without planning. Um, but uh, things never worked out the way I had it in my head. And I don't know if that ever really happens. Do, you know, do, do either one of you know anyone who, who say in high school said, I'm going to do this. This is how my life's going to be you know, blah, blah, blah. And it all worked out that way, you know? <laughs> um, I sure don't. So um, I think it was through a series of a lot of mistakes. And then 
when you're sort of sitting there amongst uh, the rubble and, you know, you, you sort of gather your thoughts and um, you say, okay, what do I do now? And then you just find something. And, uh, and I, I've always been pretty resilient. Um, so I just kind of pick up and, and dust off and find a new direction. Um, one thing that I have been good at in my life is not making the same mistake twice. That I've been very good at. Um, so I don't know what's worse, you know, making the same mistake twice, um, never risking anything and never making any mistakes or making, you know, the same mistake over and over again. But um, I'm definitely the first one. I, I just I, I just find new mistakes every day to make. But, you know, it, it, you you make the lemonade, right? Well, maybe they're not mistakes. Maybe they're just learning experiences. And if we can learn to, to look at the things that don't work out quite the way we thought as as good things instead of bad things, I think we'd be a, a, all would be a lot better off because they're they're all part of our path. And and you asked a question about some people that you know that knew what they wanted to do and and did it and were successful at it. Yeah, and there's I mean, more people are in the camp of you know of what you said trying something it didn't work, trying something it didn't work, trying something it didn't work. But there are those people out there that knew from the time they were a little a little kid that this is what I wanted to do, and, and they went along that path because that was sort of their, their soul path, their spiritual path, and they, and they just did it, you know, whether it be a Steven Spielberg or a Bill Gates or, you know, they, they just they knew... They they did what they loved, and I think if you do what you love, that you know you're going to be okay at it. Yeah, or better I, I than okay. Agree. I agree a hundred percent, and and that's a great that's a great point too. Is uh you know is sort of not looking at them as mistakes. I mean, you know, I my sense of humor is usually what carries me through something that's tough, but. Um, I, I I look back at many situations and I think I have a pretty clear view of the times where something was totally not my fault, you know, just something that happened. And then there are those times where I made a terrible decision. But even, even those times, you know, um, as you said, it's a learning experience because you make the decision based on the information you have at the time. And, you know, how do you know that this is or that is going to happen down the line. Um, but I do, I do, I would take it one step further though, with the, with the people that, uh, you know, like the, the incredible artists and, and those just touched people, you know, the Spielbergs or the Paul McCartney's. And I think, um, I would venture to say at least that maybe things sort of happened the way they wanted them to, but, it doesn't always turn out the way they wanted it to. Do you know what I mean? Um, where you you often see that that story of you know somebody who supposedly has it all and you know they have um, sad problems or um, you know something they're not happy on the inside and you think, my God, how can you not be happy? You know, you have everything you've ever wanted. You have everything you've ever had. And and I think there still is within even some of those people where they just sit there and they say, wow, I'm in the huge mansion. 
I, I'm an incredible success. I have all these awards. You know, I have the beautiful wife and, and the, the Rolls Royce. And I'm still not happy. You know, um, I think there, there are those people too. The ones that I trip out on are the ones that, you know, where you can just tell, like, they have just self-actualized. I mean, Paul McCartney to me is one of those people where he just takes a bite out of life. You know, at least, I mean, I don't know him, but, you know, he seems that way to me. And, uh, and I, I look at him and I think, wow, I mean, he, he hasn't been without his challenges, um, but uh, he's, he's somebody that's been an incredible success and just seems to have really enjoyed it. You know, or Mick Jagger, I think, is another one. All rock stars. Maybe there's something to be said for that. <laughs> what do you think, Ravi, is the hardest thing about your business? Like, when you read somebody, do you ever get unwanted information or do you ever get blocked, you know, where you can't connect? You know, it, or is it just like, you know, you kind of dial into a TV station and listen? Um, no, it's it's a little more random than that. You You do have to kind of make you know, a sort of little adjustment and kind of tune in. But um, sometimes it it isn't there. Sometimes you can't connect. And um, sometimes you, you know, uh, I can think of one particular reading where um, uh, something turned up and it, it was a really uh, serious issue with the person and I didn't know quite how to bring it up, you know? I mean, it was just, it was a very personal, serious thing. And I had this impression and I thought, oh my God, what if I'm wrong? What if I, what if I say this to this person and say, is this going on? And they just look at me like, what? You know, because it was just, uh, it wasn't good. And um, uh, I don't mean a future thing, but like something happening then. And so I just thought, well, I'm going to hang on to it for a minute. And sure enough, halfway through the reading, um, she brought it up and she said something. And I thought, wow, um, I <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently I, I was right about that. So, yeah, there are certain times where there's something sort of difficult. But um, if you're referring to the future, like, you know, if you see something unpleasant or whatever, um, no, there's there's always a way to present it because as as Linda said, everything is kind of uh, it can be a teaching moment, and so if there's a challenge up ahead, as you pointed out too, um, you know, look out for this pothole, and somehow the pothole isn't as awful if you see it coming, you know. So uh, sometimes there's that as well. Um, I have a question. I, I had my cards read, but I've always had my cards read um, to somebody that was right there with me because it, I, I thought it was the energy, um, that your energy that picked out the cards that you were, you know, I guess supposed to pick up, pick out, um, and then you sit back and just listen. But when you do it over the phone, how, how do you do that if, how do you get the person's energy to pick out the card rather than you? Do you know, does uh, that make any sense to you? Sure, sure. Um, in fact, I wasn't sure that it would work the uh, <laughs> first time I did it. Um, I, I've done it through Skype, so there is a video connection. 
Mm -hmm. um, I've never actually done one just on the phone. So that's a good question. I know that on Skype, um, what I've found, there's a much, uh, there's a much more powerful connection in person between myself and another, uh, you know, and, and the person that I'm reading, um, depending on the person. Um, so it can be, you know, I've had readings in person where I could tell, you know, there was, they were holding something back and they were maybe not comfortable with the process, which I understand because, you know, as Sandy said, the, the whole woo woo, I'm still uneasy with it myself. You know, I, you know, I don't dress like Stevie Nicks. I'll do respect to Stevie Nicks, who's a superstar and I love her, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't look like her or wear those beautiful dresses and stuff. And I don't do, uh, I don't have a crystal ball and, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of a normal person. Um, so when I do something through Skype, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm searching for the answer as I'm talking here. You know what? The, the short answer is it really depends on the person. I mean, I'm flipping through my experiences here and I've had Skype readings where, you know, it felt like the person was right here and the energy was really powerful. Um, and I, you know, I was really in tune. And then I've had readings in person where I was kind of like, you know, I, this is all I've got, you know, like I can't connect with this other situation or this is all I'm picking up or something like that. So, um, yeah, the phone thing though, we, you know, we'll have to do that, Linda. <laughs> we <laughs> have to try it out. <laughs> we can try it on the phone. We'll see if I can do it. <laughs> I'm game. Yeah. You guys, I got to take us to commercial break. My name is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And from coast to coast, we've got you covered on everything from money, sex, beauty, love, anti-aging. And today we're talking about tarot card reading with Robbie Ann McPherson. Uh, if you want to learn more about Robbie, you can go to which way, like which way do you go, tarot, T-A-R-O-T dot com. She's a solution-oriented tarot card reader. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, sisterhood and about the creation of a sisterhood using our spiritual and our physical bodies. Chances are, you didn't give birth to Einstein. So why are you trying to raise your child to be like him? Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Woohoo Radio Network's parenting show dedicated to helping you release the myth of the perfect parent and discover the unique brilliance in your child and you. Tara and her panel of amazing, intelligent, and sometimes off-the-wall guests will share the tips, tools, trends, and techniques available that will help you stop raising Einstein and start relishing your role as a proud and present parent. Join her every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for Stop Raising Einstein, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. 
we're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And for those of you that have missed the first, I guess, three quarters of today's show, you can find us on iTunes under Powered Up Talk Radio. You can also find us on the dot-com by the same name, PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. And you can go to our host station in Texas. Thank you very much, Sabrina, for another great show at Toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. Now, we've been visiting with Robbie Ann McPherson, and she's a really neat lady. She's a lady who left corporate America in Los Angeles at the age of 40 to become a Montana news reporter and then eventually a tarot card reader as her profession. And I really, really enjoy uh, getting readings from Robbie because she's what we call a solution-oriented tarot card reader. So you go in to kind of talk to Robbie, and she runs your cards over Skype, which is really neat. You know, I've never met anybody that did Skype reading, so I've I've had a lot of fun with you, Robbie. Uh, can you tell huh. people what it's like? You know, I can say, you know, what it's like from my experience. But, you know, do people just call up and, and, you know, book a time? And, you know, do you read the cards right in front of them? Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Sure. Um, well, you, you just go to the website. Uh, uh, as you said, that's Which Way Tara, W-H-I-C-H, um, as in Which Way Do I Go? And uh, you can you can just you know do the thing through PayPal or whatever, and uh, and just call or email to schedule a reading, and then all we do is just hook up on Skype at the appointed time, and um, usually uh, you know it's a flat uh, you know flat rate. I don't I don't like the whole charging by minute kind of a thing because that puts a really weird pressure on the on the reading. It, it just kind of, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of that. So, um, we just chat for, you know, a minute or two and, um, uh, it just helps me sort of plug in, you know, like Linda, you were, you were saying that, uh, you know, wh- wh- how does that work? And, and I guess that's a, a, a small piece of it, but I have to do that too when people come to my house. So, uh, and then I just ask the person to, basically come up with, um, you know, a dilemma or an issue, um, try to make it as narrow focused as possible. It's never, in my opinion, a good idea to say to the cards, what should I do about something? Um, because you have your own free will, you know, free will is a gift that we all have, um, as human beings. So you never really want to give that power to anybody, you know, um, you don't want to give it to uh, to um, the strange thoughts in your head. You know, if you get worried about something, or you know what I'm saying. Like, like even as women, when we know the difference between the noise in our head and then the legitimate thoughts and reasons, right? <laughs> so, um, if you if you've got that free will, you want to guard it and make sure that um, that you keep your instincts separate. So we shuffle the cards. I'll shuffle them and I'll ask the person to sort of concentrate. They can tell me the problem or not. Um, that doesn't really matter. And then, uh, I just lay the cards out and then we just kind of have a a conversation. Um, usually when I lay the cards out, um, one of them kind of pops out at me first 
And so we'll start talking about that. And, um, and then we just kind of get into it. And I have to say, my readings are, um, they do tend to get a little um, deep, I guess. Um, I, I seem to have a knack for uncovering uh, family secrets and hidden things and pain and, you know, uh, call it a gift. But uh, usually it, it ends up being a good thing because um, that's the solution that you're talking about, you know. Maybe it's an issue. Maybe someone says, uh, you know, should I leave my husband? And I say, well, how about a better question? You know, how about um, what is so about the relationship with my husband right now? You know, what's going on? And so then we do a reading and then it, it gives you a much different perspective and a lot more. And, and then it, it'll kind of give you a little nudge, you know, maybe you might want to think about this opportunity or that opportunity, but um, it, it's always up to you. Do you need the, you, you know, you're saying you're reading into people, you're getting their energy and you're, you're seeing or, or feeling things that, that are going on in their lives. Do you need the cards to do that or do you, can you do, when you meet a person, sometimes do, does that energy just come in and you, and you get it without the cards? Um, I need the cards to sort of help me draw. Narrow it down. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, they, they tell me things that I couldn't possibly figure out. I see. Um, they give me a little bit of a roadmap, I guess. Um, but I definitely, you know, ever since I was little, I just have a very strange connection um, to people. And, you know, I've always been very kind of quiet about it because, you know, it's sort of like that uh, that Peter Gabriel song, Salisbury Hill, you know, where he says, my friends would think I was a nut, you know, <laughs> like I, I've, I really kept all of this very much to myself um, yeah. for many years, but. But thank um, God the world is changing and that's, you know, that's getting a, a less and less because people are turning to the spiritual, uh, to the things they don't know because life is so stressful and there's so much going on that they need that, um, they need that foundation. Yeah, exactly. And, and when we look other places for solutions, we can't find them. Because if you have a problem and it's kind of in your spirit, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm not going to knock having a glass of wine or a cocktail or something, but, you know, you don't want to drown it out with alcohol or pills or, you know, or some other behaviors, you know, you, you want to solve it. And who do you see about that, right? Like the spirit doctor, so, you know, I, I think you're right. I think um, as people sort of get caught up in this mad, 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 mad world, we all, we all kind of realize, hey, wait a minute, my spirit is not well. And some people find the solace in, in a, you know, a church, a Christian church or priest or, um, you know, or following the, the doctrine, you know, the strict um, the rules and some people find a lot of solace in in that and and uh, it helps them in their faith and I totally respect that. 
Um, and then other people, you know, they're a little more like me, a little more outside the lines, um, dabbling in this kind of stuff. But I just, I, I just have a strange connection when I, especially when I first meet people, um, it's just a vibe. It's the only word I can come up with that makes mm -hmm. any sense. But, you know, I, I can't tell you the details. I might not know exactly where you're from or, you know, or what your name is or something, but I can feel, um, I can kind of feel your spirit and I can kind of feel if you're a, if you're, you know, a good person or if you're angry, especially, I pick up on anger very easily. Um, yeah, I don't know great. if you guys, um, have you guys ever heard of an empath? Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely an empath and, uh, you know, going to the mall is like a nightmare <laughs> because let me tell you, the mall is the most angry place on the planet. Everybody in the mall is angry. <laughs> I walk in the mall and I just feel everybody's anger. I mean, it is nuts. Yeah, and that's not a good place for you to be because you don't you you don't want to take that on. That's for sure. That's a good Concert question, so Linda. You know, it's so funny. We're in sync sometimes so well. Robbie, what do you do when you when you're reading someone or like you're in the mall? Like, how do you turn that stuff out? Like, how do you get rid of it? Like, when you read somebody, like when you read me, you know, one time you read me and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, Sandra. You know, there's so much grief. There's so much grief in there. And, you know, you were right on. Of course, I started bawling. But how do you how do you get rid of that? Like, do you do something after you've done a reading to, like, cleanse yourself from everybody else's emotions? <laughs> yeah, after, after our reading, I had to take a shower, Sandy. I mean, that was – no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I use my sense of humor to cope. Um, no, no, I, uh, I actually don't really have to. Um, it's it's a very how how can I explain it? It's sort of a cathartic thing because um when you know like when you work out and you have a really good workout and you feel sort of exhilarated and kind of fatigued at the same time, but it's it's more of a relaxation. You know, you're just like ah oh, and and you feel like you've kind of unloaded a burden. That's kind of how it feels. I don't think it necessarily, I absorb it. I think it goes kind of through me or, you know, I think it kind of goes through everybody. But um, I know when I, when I go to the mall, um, <laughs> let me tell you, the mall, my whole life, I never understood this when I was a kid. I really didn't. It freaked me out. And when I, when I started to learn, um, and it was only recently, maybe the last uh, four years, and I started to understand what an empath is and and uh, you know there for for anyone who's listening that doesn't know an empath is a person that uh just kind of it's like an antenna you just pick up everybody's emotions around you and you know you walk into a room and you're suddenly angry and you're like this isn't my anger you know i'm not what is going on and then you realize um it's it's you know you you can kind of do a little detective work usually and figure out who it is but um, when I started to discover what it was about, just knowing that and realizing it, that helped me. So now when I go to the mall, you know, uh, um, I'm, in, I'm in a store and I, I'm standing next to a lady and I'm like, holy cow, 
you know, she's unhappy. <laughs> and, you know, I just sort of say a prayer for her and then I move away. Or you and give her your business card and say, come see me. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, now there, I'm not thinking like a business person. That's that could be a very good source of new clients for you, the mall. <laughs> the mall, I'm just going to wander the mall now. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am, you look really mad. <laughs> Yeah, just look at handbags. If it's like Prada or, you know, I think the angrier people are, the more money they spend on handbags. That's just my personal theory. You know, my my theory is that I'm picking up the the men who are there with the women. <laughs> you know, like all these sort of angry husbands and boyfriends carrying bags and persons. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about oh, that. This has been wonderful. I need to take us uh, out for the show this week. Our guest has been Robbie Ann McPherson. You can reach her at whichwaytarot.com. She is a solution-oriented tarot card reader. It's a lot of fun. It's helpful. I know it's for information purposes only, but I swear by it. Uh, next week, we are going to bring on some money makers. We're going to bring on Greg Wellborn, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about some strategies for retirement planning that we can start in our 40s and our 50s. And we're going to have a visit from Michael Russer, our intimacy expert. So you're not going to want to miss it. Catch us next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and